Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my gods. Gods, the gods. Uh, Kirsten, I'm playing a bard in your upcoming campaign. I was hoping you wouldn't notice. I have access to the spell! I have access to the spell! Oh my god! I was hoping you wouldn't notice! I'm gonna have a bat! I'm gonna have a little banana bat! Maybe! Are there bats in your world? And I thought I was doing a good job with the planning, and now I realize that I'm gonna have to do a lot more research. I need to spell. I'm reevaluating my choices. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Arcane Explained, the podcast where we cover every Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition spell alphabetically. Today, we will be talking about animal friendship. My name is Kirsten. I'm Lewis. And I'm Matt. And together, we are going to break down this first level enchantment spell. But before we do that, we have a couple shoutouts that we want to give out. Uh, We were looking on our iTunes, and we saw that we actually have not one, but two reviews. So big round of applause to everybody who gave us a review and a rating. Those two are Jay Landis and Bertofly. I think that's how you say it. Please feel free to correct us if we're wrong on that. I- I'm saying it like Butterfly, Bertofly. Either way, love the name. No criticism. We promise. We just love it. We really, really want to thank you guys for leaving us a review and a rating. So that's super awesome. So thank you so much. And if any of you guys out there feel like leaving us a rating or review on any platform, but especially iTunes, we really appreciate it. So with those shout outs being given, Lewis, would you like to read this week's spell for us? Yeah, definitely. All right. So we have Animal Friendship. It's a first level enchantment spell that can be used by bards, druids, and rangers. The casting time is one action. Range is 30 feet. Components is verbal, somatic, and material. And for the material, it's a morsel of food. And for the duration, it lasts for 24 hours. The description is as follows. This spell lets you convince a beast that you mean it no harm. Choose a beast that you can see within range. It must see and hear you. If the beast's intelligence is 4 or higher, the spell fails. Otherwise, the beast must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be charmed by you for the spell's duration. If you or one of your companions harms the target, the spell ends. At higher levels, when you cast this spell using a spell slot of second level or higher, you can affect one additional beast for each slot level above first. Well, that sounds like a cool spell. One thing that I noticed is that it's an enchantment spell, and we kind of talked about that a little bit in our side quest, but we haven't really dove into what the School of Enchantment is, so do you guys kind of want to look into that real quick? Absolutely. Um, This is our first enchantment spell, and the School of Enchantment can be found in the Player's Handbook on page 117. As a member of the School of Enchantment, you have honed your ability to magically entrance and beguile other people and monsters. Some enchanters are peacemakers who bewitch the violent to lay down their arms and charm the cruel into showing mercy. Others are tyrants who magically bind the unwilling into their service. Most enchanters fall somewhere in between. And as it's basically charming and manipulating creatures, sentient creatures to some degree. Yeah. All right. So what do you like? What do, you, what do y'all think about this spell? 
I feel like it, it fits very much into the school of enchantment. It's and also the fl- the flavor. Uh, it fits with bards. It fits with the druid, and it fits with the ranger very well. I think it's a cool spell that can have uses in combat, out of combat. If you're playing one of those three classes and you've always wanted to have an animal companion, aside from being like the ranger beastmaster, which they won't get till third level anyway. Uh, so that if you want to be a bard or a druid with like an animal friend, you'll get this spell at first level and you will have that animal friend, assuming it fails the saving throw. And now you have your little animal friend, like a Disney princess or... You know, whatever archetype. You could be like Radagast, the brown wizard, and have birds living in your hair. <laughs> the first thing that came to mind, actually, you mentioned Disney Princess, and I was thinking of, like, Sleeping Beauty or something, like, one of those, you know, princesses that, you know, she's, like, singing with the birds and, like, the little squirrels come out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Snow White can convince the people to help her with her housework or whatever, or, like, uh... Giselle from Enchanted, like, ooh, okay, pigeons, let's clean up the apartment. Like, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that can fit into, like, the bard aspect of it. So, like, the verbal component could be, like, singing a, a nice melody or whistling a song. And then the somatic components would be, like, extending yourself, your hand out with the morsel of food to give to the creature. Like, you can have a lot of fun with the components of the spell and integrating them into how, like, maybe, like, your DM, based on how, like, into the performance you get might give the animal a disadvantage on its saving throw. Like, you really make yourself look non-threatening, and you get, uh, as a combination of casting the spell, there might be, like, to give the animal disadvantage, roll an animal handling check to see how well you do. Right. Yeah, you can get really intricate with it if you wanted. Overall, though, it seems like a fairly simple spell. Like you said, it kind of fits in the enchantment thing, but it's it's first level, so all you can really do is just enchant a couple animals. And if you look at, like, the creature statistics in the back of the player's handbook, there's a lot of things that qualify under the four or lower. I mean, I think, like, giant eagle is one of the few things in there that's actually an animal that you can't do. So that gives you a lot of range on things. Like, you could have a lot of potential fun with this. There are a lot of spells that I feel like this pairs well with. Animal Messenger is a very good example. Another one would be Speak with Animals. Those spells are kind of designed, I think, for the Druid and Ranger classes so that they have this communion with animals and and the environment. And this spell, above those all, I feel like fits really well with those classes. I get why the Bard gets it. It's definitely the Disney Princess and or uh, Pied Piper. You know, you, you have an influence on animals. You enchant them. You charm them. And so I, I get the bard. The bard definitely fits, but I, I also get the more like, I want to be friends with this animal. I want to have a relationship with the animals under my domain. For a druid, and as a ranger, being able to cast friendship on like a wolf, or maybe like a mountain lion, and there's a missing girl. Like, rangers are like the the protectors of both civilization and the wilds. They're like, kind of like the ambassador between civilization and chaos, like order and chaos. I think this spell um, pairs really well too. When you start thinking about races, I think it pairs really well with like the forest gnome, um, because you already get speak with small beasts as a like racial feature, and like on that description, it says forest gnomes 
love animals and often keep squirrels, badgers, rabbits, moles, woodpeckers, and other creatures as beloved pets. So I feel like if you want to go further, because the speak with small beasts, like racial feature, can only get you so far. I feel like if you want to go further with that sort of role playing, you know, this would be a good spell. Um, also, another race that I think that this uh, spell pairs well with is the Furbog. And they also get a similar racial feature, and it's called Speech of Beast and Leaf. Um, so you can communicate with beasts and plants. And so I just, you know, I just was thinking about what sort of races would pair well with this spell. Definitely also wood elves make sense. Um, the other class that does have access to this spell is the nature cleric. Uh, for those of you um, who are new to D&D, the cleric class has domains. They're kind of like the wizard spell schools in that they have special abilities and an extended spell list. And each domain has its own unique flavor. And the nature domain, so a cleric who is the servant of a god or goddess of nature, has access to this spell. Yeah, I think that fits in perfectly with a nature cleric. I could see them using it a lot, especially that low of a level. My one question with this spell is, so obviously it lasts for the duration. How would you play it, and it might depend on what the animal is, but say once the spell is up after the 24 hours or whatever, would you just have them be like, bye? Or would you have them like all of a sudden be like, what the hell, and freak out, or something like that? Like I think for me, it might depend on um, how well the creature was treated during its day and what kind of creature it was. Like a bird might act differently than a wolf, but I'm curious to know what you guys think about that. Absolutely. I have that moment when the cat, anyone that's ever been around cats or have had cats, there's a moment when all cats, no matter how mellow or domesticated they are, become the beast. And I feel like that might be something that happens, but also, once again, I think how it's treated, the type of animal will have a factor, but but more than anything, a wild animal will want to go back to the wild, I'm assuming once the spell ends. Yeah, I think to kind of add on to what Kirsten was saying or asking, like, will will that beast attack the person or persons around them when that when the enchantment you know fades away, or like if it's a wolf or like if it's a bear, I don't know. And that's kind of what I was asking was like, do you think that it, d- it depends on like how how well you've been treated? Like, if it was just a wolf that you were hoping to maybe sniff out the way or something like that, and you feed it while you're using it. Do you think it would just be like, okay, bye, but maybe if they were like, obviously you can't hurt the animal, otherwise it ends, but maybe if they like made it sleep out in the cold or something, I guess, maybe they would be like, rah, no. (laughs) Well, as Kirsten said, there are a lot of animals, like the bat, I'm just looking at the first ones, there's the bat, the boar, the black bear, and the brown bear, and they all have less than four intelligence. And so, for example, the bat, if you make this bat go flying around in daylight, it's not going to be happy. <laughs> it's going to want to go away. But also bats, I think, tend to be social. Like they, I don't really know anything about bats. I just know that they lived with a bunch of other bats. So I'm assuming they're social. Like they're not aggressive towards other bats. I mean, or why would they live with each other? You get what I mean? Yeah. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm talking on my butt. But I think I'm going to stick to it. I mean it. I'm sticking to it. Bats are nice to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and what I'm thinking is, is they won't want to be away from other bats, right? So they'd probably just leave. 
and like the bear and the other, like both bears, I don't know, maybe as a DM, I might would do some research on animals and read up on like, are brown and black bears typically aggressive? Does it matter what time of the year is it? Like if you wake up a bear out of hibernation and then the spell wears off, I promise you it's going to be very pissed. But that's the extent of my bear knowledge. Like you don't ever want to see a bear when bears are supposed to be asleep because something has gone wrong. Right. Do you think it's being a wing rod, to borrow a phrase, uh, do you think it's being a wing rod as a DM to have the animal attack the person or persons around, you know, the creature once it's the enchantment wears off? Again, I think it depends on what it is and how the players treated it. Like, if the players were, like, super chill with it and, like, it didn't have any problems, but then you made it attack it, like, yeah, that would be really rude. Like, I would not feel good as a DM doing it. But if the players were, like, as abusive as they could be without actually hitting it or whatever, I would say, I mean, it might be reasonable. If you, if it says, say, if you or one of your companions harms the target, the spell ends, and psychological damage counts. Oh, you think? I think if you're, like, yelling and berating this creature, even though it's forced, it is forced to do what you tell it, right? But your other companions are, like, poking and prodding it and, like, Oh, let's put a bow tie on the bear. That'd be hilarious. That's a great idea. Oh, how about, hey, do we have that hat that we got from a couple quests ago? Let's put the hat on the bear. I'm going to start rolling saves every time you fuck with this wild animal. Because, like, I mean, this to me is all about teaching your players that context and, like, that the world is real and there are consequences to your actions. The spell says that you charm a creature... And then if you do anything to harm that creature, the spell ends. And I, I feel like with it too much is pushing that line of like this animal is forced to do what you say versus its own free will. And so I start, it's not technically taking damage. So that's why I just start rolling saves. Yeah. I think that is a good compromise that you, you know, instead of just ending, like you can start making saves. That, that's, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I think I would, if I was a DM, and also depending on, like you said, how the players treat the creature, if it was like a bear or a wolf, I think it's going to, I mean, it's kind of mean, but I think it's going to try to maybe snap at a few players before it runs away. That's just, because I feel like it's a wild animal, right? Like, it's not, it's not a friendly Disney wild animal. It's a wild animal. And you've been you know, making it do things it doesn't want to do, necessarily. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's going to be a little grumpy when it comes out of that enchantment. Yeah, I get I get what you're trying to say, and I, I, I also understand, and I wouldn't argue with the DM if that's how they felt, because it, it's logical. I will say, I just watched, like, a nature special, and jaguars are mean! <laughs> and so, they're beautiful, and they deserve to be protected, but there's plenty of footage of jaguars who have rampaged through a town in India. And when they have an opportunity to leave versus one more scratch, one more bite, like there's a break in this wall. It can jump over it easily and get away from being shot at, tranquilized. But instead, within a few feet is another target. It will almost always go after the other target. And so I would definitely say as a DM, if you have players who have taken the spell, take your time and start thinking about how animals behave in this setting. And if that means, and obviously I need to do my own fair share of research because I know jack all about bats, but I still think they are friendly to each other. Otherwise, they wouldn't live in those tight 
large clusters. What I was wondering too, though, we kind of discussed a little bit about this during our alarm discussion, but the idea of if you cast something over and over and over and over and over again, it begins to have a sort of like a permanent effect. If you cast animal friendship on the same animal every day for like a year or whatever, do you think it would just start being friendly, like, because its mind has been so warped for so long that it doesn't know any other way but to be friendly? Like, would you would you consider that? Um, yes. Especially if it's a druid or bard player who plans down the line to take the Awaken spell. Uh, spoilers for future episodes. Uh, just a quick, quick synopsis of the spell, which I can't wait to get to. You awaken a beast. You give it the intelligence of, say, a human. Imagine, all of a sudden, you're a bat. I don't know, I'm sticking with the theme, let's go with it. And you think like a bat. You're a bat. You do bat stuff. And suddenly, this thing, it's bigger than you, so you're afraid of it, isn't a thing. Wait, that's, that's Sheila. Wait, wait, why don't, wait, Who's, where's this voice coming from in my head? Wait, is that my voice? And then you, like, that's my point, like, yeah, eventually, yeah, I think maybe as a DM, I would, if the, if this is something I've talked with the player, and they're like, I really like this spell, and this is where they're going to spend most of their effort anyway, and it's like, they're just going to keep casting it, like, one, it's a spell slot they're going to lose every day, right, it's like mage armor, they're like, I cast animal friendship on the bat, and I, and I cast animal friendship on the fox, and now I have my fox and my bat for the day, the end, and so I think, um, Especially if it was a fruit bat, because they're like a fox bat, and then you have a fox. Um, I I think yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, once again, it depends on the player, and depends on if it's a player who's just trying to milk that mechanic we just homebrewed, so that every spell they just keep casting it, so they could, maybe they'll get some permanent effect. Then I might not. If it's a player who really is like all about bonding with this animal to the point where they are high enough level that they can awaken it. I'm all on board. Like, it just, it's context, I think. Case-by-case situation, definitely. I think you could even create your own homebrew where, like, let's say, depending on how long you do this, so if it's, like, for one year, like, let's say you roll a percentile dice, and if it's, like, over X amount, the enchantment stays or whatever, or, you know, you don't have to keep casting it. And that beast will be your friend <laughs> forever, you know. Um, and you so you can kind of work out something like that, so that way there's still a chance that the creature, the beast, or whatever will come to its senses, even though it's been enchanted for a year or whatever. This is why I think rangers should get. If rangers got spells at first level, then the ranger beast master would be able to cast a spell on, say, a brown bear. And then that brown bear would become, they actually release it from the enchantment and then they would go through a ritual where they bond with the animal, their spirits entwine. And then that would be what they get at third level. See, the problem is, is the ranger doesn't get this spell until third level. And that's also if they're a beast master, when they get their animal companion. And so they don't necessarily work well together. But if rangers could have this spell at first level, then three levels later, they would be able to turn maybe one of their animal friends based on this spell, into their companion, if it fits within the other mechanics of the class. Yeah, that would work well, especially from a roleplay perspective. I I could see you adjusting that a little bit. And that could be something that if you wanted to homebrew, maybe, like, you give your ranger one spell per day, and you're like, all right, this is how you're going to do it. This is the only spell you can cast. 
until you get the rest of your spells. But you can start casting those once a day. That's it. I could see you doing that. The reason why I felt like it was about to be derailed was if you do that for one class, the argument another player might make is, well, I'm playing a paladin. Why can't I get my spells at first level? You know what I mean? And that's why I feel like it's, I mean, once again, once you start tweaking with the design, you got to be careful, but just stay focused on the spell. I agree. Like, I feel like the bard, I get it singing and like you get the, the sparrow to land on your finger. Like, I mean... There's a lot you can do with this spell, especially depending on what kind of class and what your character concept is. And including the nature cleric, all of them, I feel like the flavor, and I, I feel like that's more like the design aspect of 5th edition, is that every class and the spells, like you can tell, sometimes it doesn't make sense at first glance, but overall, the flavor of it fits well. I can't argue against those classes that have gotten the spell. Like, I don't... If someone was like, yeah, the... I don't know, Warlock gets this. I'd be like, why? I could see it if it's, like, one of the more obscure, like, maybe a Celestial or some of those... A Feylock, maybe. But, I, I mean, my point being is, is, like, this isn't... I don't automatically think Warlock when I think of the spell. Yeah. I think it definitely, like, subclasses make sense. The Nature Cleric a Thalok, a specifically enchantment wizard, something like that I think you can make exceptions for, but just generic, everybody from that class gets it. These three work well. So, fun fact, the history of this spell first appears in 1st edition, is used in 2nd edition, and doesn't return until 5th. It has always been a 1st level enchantment spell, however, in 2nd edition, several classes had access to it, so more classes had access to it in 2nd edition than 5th. Well, I think we learned a lot about bats. So thanks for listening to this episode of Arcane Explained. You can follow us at Arcane Explained on Twitter. You can email us your questions, comments, and suggestions to arcaneexplained at gmail.com. And you can follow me at Casting Cantrips on Twitter. You can follow me at Kirsten Geddes. That's K-I-R-S-T-E-N-G-E-D-D-E-S. We also have a Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Arcane Explained. An Instagram, instagram.com forward slash arcane underscore explained. A Pinterest, pinterest.com forward slash arcane explained. And of course, our website, arcaneexplained.wordpress.com. We love hearing from you guys. Any place you'd like to give us feedback, uh, especially if you could uh, give us a review on iTunes or any platform that you use. That's a great way for us to get feedback and get our word out there. We don't pay anything to advertise our show so the best way is word of mouth so anything that you can do to get the word out there we really appreciate it and we will probably give you a little bit of a shout out on there if we if we do so yeah thanks so much for listening the next time you cast animal friendship you'll be casting with confidence bye Seashell, seesore. Seashell, seesore. It's looking good. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah, yeah. I got this. I've been doing this for a little while. I listened to my podcast. I know what I'm doing. Thank you. God, that's going to go in the blooper reel. <laughs> okay, my bad. Hey, you know what? I just mansplained, and I'm calling myself out. I'm Rose Wrong. Look at you being socially woke. The description is as follows. This spell lets you conceive 
Oh, wait, no. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! You're going to conceive a monster and then you're going to enhance it. Arcane explained after dark. Take two on that one. Okay, take two. Is it though? Is it an accident or is it uh, sabotage? Sabotage. I mean, I don't know. What are you guys, guys's? (laughs) What's y'all's? Uh. (laughs) I just want a bat friend to know. I am bat friend. I would watch that cartoon. Just fly away. That's true. Yeah. It was used in second edition, and it might something not not knocked over. So I'm gonna start over. I think that's perfectly logical. I I agree. That special cow, he's my friend. (laughs) (laughs) That was great.